SA Worship Conference 2023. Session 2. And as we've just been um, singing through this song, I don't know when it was written, in the noughties, in the nineties, I don't know. Um, we um, are just saying together, Jesus, it's all about you. And it's not about us. We surrender to your ways and you alone are God in it all. And so as we come into this time together, let's have a look at this question. We've already been helpfully led in the sung worship this morning with Nick and the team and then with Nah. But who is Jesus to you? today. I'm going to give us 15 seconds just to land with that in the stillness. Who is Jesus to you, to us today? Here's another question to pose, a statement to pose for you. Who we worship is more important than how we worship. And again, we're aware that these are things that many, if not all of you, know you could stand here and teach us this and speak to us on this, but we wanted to focus on this as we come into our session today. Yeah, part of uh, why we worship together uh, is because we, we need each other to understand uh, the Lord, because God is in each of us, right? So each of us made in the image of Christ. So what you brought to mind a second ago, Jesus is, for me, my helper. Just tell the person next to you who's Jesus to you today. Just do that. Be priests. Who's Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we may need your, what you have come up with there in our gathered worship later tonight. So hold those conversations, mm. those thoughts, who is um, Jesus to you. Mm. So here is um, Paul's take on um, how we um, gather, how we focus mm. on 
worship. How many of you have come across this Romans 8 in the message, Romans 12 in the message? Mm. Yeah, it's, I, I, we find it so mm. helpful in mm. just focusing in mm. on who Jesus is. So here's Paul. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God on the altar. That is our worship. What we're doing here is musical worship. But what Paul is saying, take it all. Your everyday, ordinary life, your eating, sleeping, going to work, walking around life, and place it on the altar. Here we have Samuel speaking to Saul. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. So that's Paul, that's Samuel speaking to uh, uh, worship. And so here we are in this weekend in terms of music within worship, within gathered worship. And what um, Kerry and I want to speak to are what we call the seven seas, and I kind of gave it a posh title, and then I thought, we're not that posh, really, so <laughs> we first of all call it a paradigm for gathered, including some worship, and, um, and then I thought, it's just basically what we've mused about, you know, it's just basically things that have challenged us, things that have been um, our discoveries, and that includes these, there are more, I'm sure, but this is part of our uh, discoveries. So you'll see there, creative, contextual, communal, costly, changed, cult cultivational, and conversational. And these are some of those um, places where we have come to see um, and experience and explore and question what is going on in these areas in gathered worship. So just have a look at the screen, if you will, and just pick out which of the following draws your gaze or draws your attention. And again, just clock it. It may be two or three. It may be one that stands out. Contextual, creative, communal, changed, cultivational, conversational. And having seen that, picked one out, which one of them would you... Sorry, my clicker's doing... It's not... I've never had to travel so far before. Um, how would you describe any one of those headings that you picked out? How would you restate it? How would you describe it in your own words? Who picked out cultivational? Who picked out costly? Any one of you want to just shout out what, how you'd restate that in your own words? Worthy. Worthy. One more. Okay, contextual. Who chose that and is able to say, I restated it as... 
Go for it, Matt. Got to fit into the theme of the meeting. I love that. So fit in with the community of the meeting, fit in with the community around um, the meeting. So again, hold these things. You might have other paradigms and other things that you've noticed and observed, but for the moment, let's take those seven and have them in our own words. Here are the ways that we restated them. So here we have um, contextual, local, and global expressions, and we'll come into that creative, reflecting, creator God, Communal, one praise, but many voices. Costly, worship that costs us. Changed, becoming more like Jesus. How is that happening in our sung worship gatherings? Cultivational, cultivating a welcome for God's presence. And conversational, sung worship that sounds like dialogue. So these are, um, as I've said, our... Um, descriptors. So first of all, um, let me go on to contextual. So Matt, thank you for just putting it so succinctly. I wish I'd had you uh, when we could have written that, that beautiful definition down on this slide. Um, so I love just restating what Matt said again, what's happening within the community in terms of the sung worship community, the context within that but also how is it working to the wider context? So how is it contextual? So again, it's awareness of the local and global worship expressions. So here you've got the revelation context that has to do with this is where we're headed, people. This is where, this is what it's going to sound like. Local worship in heaven is going to look like this. It's going to look like the nations being glad and singing for joy and um, that every nation, every tribe, every people, every language standing in front of the throne and before the, the Lamb. So aware of that global um, expression in the presence of Jesus. I was... Um, Thinking about this, and this author, Zach Hicks, has written this book, The Worship Pastor, some really great writing in here. Um, but when we're thinking about how do we get that global expression of every nation into our gathered worship, our sung worship, I think Zach just says something that's really helpful. Congregations and hymnals purposefully employ songs in other languages to remind the church that she is bigger than any one city, one country, one tribe or culture, and the church's end will be unified. So perhaps your church isn't ready to sing in another tongue, but how about playing existing songs with different arrangements and instrumentation or even simply venturing out of a specific area of pop, rock sound into blues, folk, gospel? Dixie Jazz, he is an American, but Dixie Jazz, when you've got that. So, so rather than thinking, oh, we, we may not be able to sing in another language, although that's 
that's definitely something to explore and try. But what about other styles? And I love what he says here. Note the shift we've just made here. A discussion about musical style just got moved out of the sphere of personal preferences and into the realm of the pastoral, where the matters of style are connected to theological and biblical truths. It's not about consumers getting their products. It's a reflection of our eschatology. And so that place where what we are saying about our local and global expressions it's not just that we are using songs that have traveled around the world, like how great is our God and what a beautiful name it is. That has been translated into so many languages around the world and is a global expression. We were in um, a church two weeks ago singing, um, I think it was that song, in Spanish, it's, it's all around, so songs have gone around the world globally, but it's not only that awareness, it's the awareness that there are songs from other groups that we can sing in our own um, cultures. And here are some song um, examples that we have got. Here's um, one. How many people know this one? Yeah. We use this a lot. We'll sing it through. I mean, go, if you read, do go into four-part harmony and sing this with us. And then I can show you what it is. When it comes to singing in a different language, I was really given confidence with this, where one of my friends um, who... This is from, I think it's South Africa, this one, um, uh, was just saying, just sing it as you see it. People love you to try. So don't be thinking, oh, I'm not singing it with the right pronunciation. Sisters and brothers, when we have sung this, who, who sing this in, in their home church, come to us weeping because you're singing my song. So just give it a go. And it does like this. To you our hearts are open, nothing here 
sisters and brothers singing with us in Costa and now we're singing to the same Jesus mirroring that round the throne room picture in our local church so there we go here's another one that um, we um, rediscovered um, when the war broke out in the Ukraine in fact up until that point we thought this was uh, traditionally a Russian Kyrie, but it's actually was based in Ukraine. So when we used it at a conference where there were Ukrainian sisters and brothers, you can imagine how it just broke their heart to hear us singing with them. Kyrie eleison, into the English, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. So again, finding ways to mirror that round the throne room image um, in our local church, local and global. Costly. Um, so yeah, the big C, just to come back, because we keep putting it on every slide for a reason. Christ is the heart of worship. Christ is the heart of worship. And so many things will try and uh, just take, squiff our focus all the time. Interestingly, there was a bit of a parable of that. Uh, those of you who work with PowerPoint. So we put that slide up, slide one, Christ, the heart of worship. You see how we've done it. Christ, heart of worship. Up comes your, your layout suggestions. H heart of worship. Literally, the word Christ had become like point, like six-point font on all the suggestions. It was incredible. Every single one. Just, it's like, okay, yeah, that's empire <laughs> right there. So, yeah, it's our, please, our, our I don't like the word job, but um, uh, our commissioning. Let's use that word, we're commissioned yeah. along with each other along with the Spirit, to put Christ at the center, mm. the heart of everything that we do, everything that we say. Please, people of God, let's mm. do that. Let's take that commission, mm. carry it in our hearts, and never tire, never grow weary. Christ is the heart of worship. Without apology, mm. Jesus, it's all about you. Mm. And not about me, God. This is part of the cost. Jesus said, unless you give up a few things, you can't be my disciple. Is that what he said? Okay, no. That's a misquote, right? Unless you give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. So we can't even start discipleship. We can be, yeah, nominally Christian, of course, uh, but disciples have learned to give up everything. So please, again, there's a a call in the room to my own heart. Mm. It's costly for me to stand here and say this to you because those who teach will be judged stricter. Mm. So I can't just put these words out there without deeply applying them to my own heart as I'm going to stand before God. Mm. And he'll remember when you said, 
right? It's costly to say these words, so please don't ever think um, we can just say what we like when we're behind a microphone because God hears, and even in conversation, God hears, of course. So let's be careful of our words, please. Sorry, these are all off-piste, but words have the power of life. We know that, and they have the power of death. So Lord, help us to speak well of you and well to each other and to keep you central in our hearts for the rest of our lives, Jesus. Yeah, and so we get some beautiful models in Scripture. This poor widow, she was just like brushed off to one side in the eyes of society. She was poor. That pushes her down. She's a widow. That pushes her down even more in that society. She was the one who God, God saw, and she gave all that she had. She showed us what it was to be a disciple, right? Wow. 2,000 years later, we learn how to be disciples because of the poor widow. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for her model. Then we look at King David. He stuffed it up big time. Probably because things were going well, he thought, okay, I'll call a census. In, at the end of 2 Samuel, his army, jo, his army Joab uh, leader is like, what? What are you doing? And he wouldn't hear reason. So he called a census. The net result of that, 70,000 people lost their lives because of that one decision. So David is like, okay, Lord, I've sinned. God is, okay, here's three judgments. Take your pick. Can fall in, and he, David said, wisely, I'd rather fall into the hands of God than I'd fall into the hands of man. So three days, there's a, 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 a um, judgment of God, which I think is uh, just people dying of disease for three days. He comes to the threshing floor of the Jebusite, and so like, I've got to buy this, buy this field, build an altar, and he's like, oh yeah, I have the field, and David's like, no way, I'm got, I've got to pay for this. I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that cost me nothing. And those words resonate through, again, 3,000 years. I will not do it. I'm not going to do it, Lord, because that ain't worship. It ain't worship that makes sense to God. We can call it worship. It doesn't make sense to God. So, David, th yeah, thank you, God, for David's example. Uh, thank you so much. We have this husband and wife kind of uh, like click and like what does that mean I'm role, turning a key and she's life. like I know that you need to turn the next slide now <laughs> okay so um so here's some songs that speak to that of course we beautifully sung that thanks so much Nah, this morning oh, felt like morning I'm in jet lag okay um this afternoon uh wherever you lead I surrender I surrender all I surrender all be careful when we're using those words take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to thee. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just thinking, are we going to get through them? This is, the, this is the, the challenge. This next one is conversational and sung worship that sounds like dialogue. So, I mean, you, you're, you're getting from even what Carrie has just said, that whole conversation that um, David has with the Lord, um, the conversational place that we even started with that. It's all about you, Jesus, and all this is for you. It's not about me. So for us, one of the discoveries we've made over the years is that we, we appreciate room 
within gathered sung worship for there to be conversation um, because we're assuming that God is speaking. So if he's speaking, we're needing to be in a place where we're listening and that if we're listening, that we're trusting that we'll be able to think, oh yeah, I need to do that in response. And just quickly um, going through this, this pattern is seen, you, you will know, um, throughout scripture, revelation and response. So God reveals himself to us and, and his love in Christ, and we respond in, respond in some measure to this revelation of divine love. And so here you've got um, something that Constance Cherry um, kind of highlighted out. But look at these two stories. So you've got Moses. I love reading the story of Moses having a proper Barney with God about... I mean, it's, it, 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 it kind of goes from comic to pathetic. It's kind of, it's in that whole place. But then God chose Moses, and we all know what happened in terms of how God was right in his choice. But look at this. I'm just picking out the conversation. Moses pleaded with God, and there's a whole lot of conversation before this. I'm not very good with words. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. And the Lord asked Moses... Who makes a person's mouth? We've got Mary responding to the Lord. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And again, just then going on into um, something of a cycle in terms of God approaches. We experience some measure of interruption to that. God speaks there's a response God sends, God approaches. What does that sound like in Bible, one of the stories in Bible? One of the encounters. God approaches, interruption, God speaks, response, sending. Call of Isaiah. That's, that's, that's a biggie in terms of this. And I guess... There are lots of questions that we can um, uh, speak around this, not least, are we making room for that within our sung worship? And one of the ways that we can do that is to have songs that, let's say, start with, this is who you are, God. And then songs or space, whether it, maybe it can't be all done with music, and I don't think it should be, but word or something that kind of has the inbreaking of God by his spirit. So God speaks. That response it draws from us, whether that's a response of confession or of praise or of God sending and then us going. But that's the challenge for us creatives. That's the challenge, and that's the invitation that God gives us. How can we, within our sung worship, have conversation that sounds a bit like dialogue? And here are some songs um, that we have um, come across. I'm sure you've got so much more um, in that. But this one, um, in fact, we used this two days ago in our chapel. Um, so you know this one. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. Oh, Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. So again, you've got 
the conversation, an expectation that when I speak to you, God, um, will you hear me? That's, this is from Teze. We wrote, because we're doing a series in chapel um, at the moment around the voice of God. And so we added in these extra verses. In this quiet place, your beauty I seek, shepherd strong, answer me. And then verse three, I'll treasure your word whenever you speak, where you send I will go. So all of that, if it's not in the book, the songbook on the screen, write it, okay? Be the creatives we were created to be. Let's, let's go there. Write it. Let's find a way to bring in that conversation. Um, this one, some of you will know. What a beautiful conversation this. I have heard thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me you're pleased with me and I'm never alone. That is someone having a conversation with God. That's not only God you are you are you are and then in response to that it's like you're a good good father that's who you are it's a conversation that's going on so let's find ways to include um, that in our um, gathered worship next up cultivation yeah so we just started uh, two months ago working for a university in, in Iowa. It's called Dort University. It's Dutch Reformed. So we're in different soil. Iowa is one of the major food producers in the States. Uh, so just flying over there, about to start. Um, yeah, I did something that I haven't done before, which was sit on an aeroplane and for the first uh, two, three hours... I was still and listening to the Lord. I don't say that to, uh, for any other reason for story. It's a story. It was a, it was a specific moment in time. I just knew I needed to be still before God to listen to him. And what came to my mind strongly was cultivate his presence. And that now became good word for us as we journey with students. Because what we're finding is that we're having to sow lots of seed. And we're not seeing loads of fruit at the moment. But we're cultivating his presence. And uh, so I spent those, those hours kind of, what does that mean to cultivate God's presence? Because his presence we cannot control. Mm. And we do not control. Wow. Wow. You know? <laughs> so um, basically what that means is we're not, we're not making it happen, but we are. Please let our hearts be a resting place. Let our gatherings yes, be a Jesus. resting place for the yes, Spirit of God. Jesus. Please, God. Mm. Otherwise, it's dead religion. May we cultivate in this conference and from here into all of our communities mm. a welcome for the presence of God, for the Holy Spirit, mm. Lord God. Mm. And that means, yeah, we attend to our own hearts first. <laughs> it's like expect there to be issues every day. Lord, what's the issue in my heart that I need to just bring before you? Because the heart is deceitful above all things. And again, no punch is pulled. Desperately wicked. No punch is pulled. So let's do what we can to make our hearts, please, good soil. That way we can be the good soil to others because we've learned to humble ourselves before Jesus. 
Um, and there's, no, there's nothing like the presence of God. Just walking up, you know those people when you walk up to them. They may be complete strangers. Um, one quick story. Um, we did a conference, and this, the format for the conference was uh, uh, quite... Um, uh, yeah, it was like... Uh, okay, it was an Anglican conference, let me just say that. So there was, there was the way of the, the format uh, of evening prayer mm. that happened. Every, every bishop did that. Got to the last evening, the bishop from Chile, when he spoke the same words, the room felt totally different to me and to many, to many others. And it's just like, okay, Lord, that, your presence, you can't explain that. Um, then I heard his story. This is a, a bishop who, if you remember the Chilean minor story in 2010, he was, three months before that, he was asked to go and be the, the chaplain to the president of Chile. So he was in the palace when that, when that uh, tragedy happened which fortunately wasn't a tragedy because prayer was called. And he was like, right, at this, right in that prayer gathering, the president of, of Chile called a prayer meeting first time. Bishop Alf was there. It was a beautiful, beautiful story. If you're interested in that story, he wrote a book about it called Inside the Palaccio. It's available on Kindle. He recommended it to me. I walked up to this man, stood in front of him, and I just burst into tears because it was the presence of God. And he knew what to do straight away. He's praying for me. And his bishops are gathering around me. And then I'm on the floor, receiving from the Lord. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment after a 10-day conference. The presence of God. Just boom. And then, yeah, this impartation. And then this bread to break for you guys. And for others, as I tell the story, I'm still back there. So, yeah, there's no, there's no except no substitutes. Someone said that. Please, 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 accept no substitutes. Be the good soil. Yes, yes. Mm. And just by way of um, caveat, um, because because Kerry would would has said this before when he's when he's told the story. The other bishops and what they did in that story, there was no doubt in terms of some of their um, experiences, were carrying the presence of God. So hear us right on this. What we're saying is that for something in that moment with Bishop Alf and Carey, a cultivated press, something in his life that has so made room. And so it's a challenge for us. Um, How can we be the good soil? How can we be the place where... um, and not an arrived place even. It's like the ongoing turning up of the soil so that it's a place where God can work. Because quite honestly, the um, place of the presence of, of, of us cultivating a space for God's presence is bookended in the story of God. So we start with the presence of God in, the, uh, with, in Eden, with Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the day, the conversations, the communion, even the tragedy of absence. You only know something is absent if it's being present. And then it ends in Revelation, that whole place where um, that beautiful description in Revelation um, 
my slide doesn't want to show this next bit. Um, in Revelation, where it ends with God's presence and God has moved into the neighborhood and there's no need for the sun or the moon because the Lamb of God is light itself. I mean, it's, that's the story we're a part of, people. We're a part of a presence-filled story. Um, I'm just going to wait here 10 seconds because I just think, Holy Spirit, To this is all about you, Jesus. All this is for you. And if your presence isn't with us, Lord, then what are we doing? but we can't manufacture it, God, and we can't whip it up, and, we, and it will look different in each of us, but what we are saying tonight, desperately saying, is we need your presence, God. So come and do what you do, Holy Spirit. You love Jesus, so come and do what you do. The next one on our um, list is changed. And uh, in this one, part of our... Oh, I was going to put some songs. I'm wondering if it might be my battery going. Properly given up. There's now. always the right, right arrow. Sorry? There's always the right arrow, I guess. Oh, no, there you go. <laughs> Why don't you come back tomorrow? This would have caught up by then. Um, so, oh yeah, go for it. Um, can you go back to cultivational song ideas? Sweet. Um, this is the air I breathe. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one request, my heart, my, you're my righteousness. So songs that are just pleading for the presence of Jesus. Changed. So we, with unveiled faces, contemplate, the next slide please, John. Uh, contemplate, and the next one. Contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. And so... Part of our discovery within sung worship is where we've just prayed now, Lord, we need your presence so that we can be changed. We're being transformed. What does Psalm 27 say? There's one thing that I desire, and this is what I am going to seek, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to delight in his temple. And I know for touchy-feely people like me, that's quite you know, gazing, ooh, happy place. But for, for some of us and some of my friends, it's like, please don't give me eye contact and don't ask me to gaze. And do you know what I mean? It's kind of, kind of what do you mean, gaze? But, but find ways to restate a gaze 
for you? What does gazing, what does taking time look like to be in the presence of Jesus? And it doesn't, Jesus is not calling us all to be touchy-feely. He's calling us to be real. And, and we've been created in ways that we hear things and it's, it's how are we attached? How are we attached to Jesus in a way that when I'm looking at you in this aspect, I had a friend who was doing a doctorate in maths. In fact, he's an OBE now in robotics, which kind of goes to show how much he's such a big brain. But when he talks about maths and formula, it sounds like worship to God. When he talks about E, you guys will know what that is. It's MC squared, I don't know. But when he talked about how that came about and how God is in it and how numbers do this, he was worshipping God. It is possible to find ways um, to gaze on God. It doesn't have to be goose pimples. It can be robust and it can be concrete. But the invitation is for us to gaze. Um, song ideas on the next slide. Jesus at the center of it all, at the center of our church. Um, change transformed. You turn graves into gardens. You turn seas into highways. You're the only God who can. So if we're singing these songs, then let's be asking God, not only that we sing it, but the presence of God so fills our gatherings that we see it happening. Christ be magnified is another one. Onto the communal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, one of the beautiful things uh, about gathered sung worship is, uh, yeah, that we listen and we hear each other. We hear each other's hearts, not just our voices, each other's voices. As there's so many parables when we gather, and it's so beautiful to hear you just singing four-part harmony just now. It's just like, okay, I'll just get out of the way, you know, because it's a beautiful sound of praise and many voices, but one voice. And so, that, yeah, just, I just put the word parable over our sound mm. as we gather to worship together. Mm. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So that with one accord, you may glorify and praise and honor the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it doesn't end in us. Mm. It can't end in us. It's got to begin and end in him. Mm. That's another tell of worship. Is this mm. worship that makes sense to God? It begins and ends in him. Mm. If it doesn't, ask questions. For more information, visit salvationist.org.uk.